Welcome to the New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, the New Mind Creator. Today, I'll be interviewing David DePong. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so that you receive alerts when new episodes are available on Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Also, please leave me a review on iTunes or Spotify. You know, David, life is... It's just interesting because there are so many things that happen along the way to really get us into the place that we feel like we belong. So before the chicken hatches there inside the egg, before humans are presented to the world, they are in the womb of their mother. So what incubating period did you have that seemed that you were confined and trapped or you just couldn't see a way out. Have you ever had that moment in your life? Yes, actually, before I decided to move to the real estate industry and found my passion there helping people, I, in my early 20s, was a private chef for some very high net worth families and although those jobs paid well I was locked into a 16 hour a day six day a week job that I was often traveling for so when you talk about feeling trapped and not knowing how to get what you want out of life or not knowing how to get to the next step That's how I felt after a while, because there was just no time to think about what I wanted out of life or what I wanted to do that would make me happy. All I did was wake up, think about the job, and then on my day off, sleep. So I really had to make some tough decisions about what to do with my life moving forward so that I could achieve the things I wanted, the house, the dog, the wife free time, seeing my family, and then take actionable steps to get there. So when you, well, you were, you felt kind of trapped in that space for a while. And what was the change? Did somebody say something to you or it was just the feeling that you had that you needed to expand beyond where you were? I'd say it was a little bit of both. I had always had the feeling that this wasn't sustainable, that maybe into my 30s and 40s, something where I had to even stand every day for 17 hours, 16 hours, wouldn't be sustainable long term and started getting uncomfortable there. And then really what happened is I met my wife about, over eight years ago, eight and a half years ago. And I suddenly had a big why. I suddenly had a reason to enact the change rather than just thinking, oh, that change would be nice if one day it eventually comes to me. I suddenly had a motivation and a purpose to say like, well, if we're going to live our best life, I better get going. And that catapulted you into doing what you're doing now? 
Yes. So because I was always good with finance and numbers, you know, managing households, cooking, things like that, I went into real estate. As you probably know, real estate in California is very expensive. Yes. And just by buying a couple properties in California, you can take care of yourself financially later in life. So it takes all of the the guesswork and active management that you would have to do for, say, a stock or a more short-term asset where you're consistently looking to trade it in for liquidity. And for the average person who doesn't have the time to focus on their investments constantly, maybe they have careers that already take up that amount of time like I did, buying real estate will do that for you. So it really became a way for me to obtain financial freedom and take care of our quality of life, our desired quality of life later in life. And then it gave me the tools to help other people achieve homeownership, achieve wealth, achieve investment properties that are going to take care of them. So not only was I able to help myself now, but it gave me all of the tools I needed to contribute to my community as opposed to just myself and this one family that I was working for. So you have more than oftentimes people have more than one gift, but we have only one dominant gift. So it, it seems like you were utilizing one of your lesser gifts, even though it's important, you know, cooking and your dominant gift is what what would you say your dominant gift is my dominant gift is to and i agree with you um cooking is a very useful skill <laughs> it'll help your family forever you know you can go to the party and you're the one who's grilling the steaks or knows how to make the best thanksgiving turkey it's it's got a lot of novel uses however my ability to analyze information and really break these scary long-term concepts down to an easy, achievable, step-by-step process that people can digest without getting overwhelmed is what I would call my main gift. Because it takes the elusive concept of owning several homes or a few million dollars in real estate and makes it a very achievable process over time. So instead of getting overwhelmed by everything in your life, you can just say, well, it's the logical conclusion of the preparation I did with David. It's not scary. It's just a matter of fact now. And when you were a kid, can you see a theme of your gift operating? Just looking back now, can you, do you notice a theme? in any place? So I say I was a bit of a, uh, a bit of a video game enthusiast when I was younger. <laughs> I could see myself sitting down and learning how to play a strategy game or a tabletop game or something that you'd have to be able to sit down, focus in on and really put 10 hours into in a row. And I had a lot of, as long as it was something I was interested in, I had an easy time focusing on it for days, weeks, months. But if it wasn't something I was passionate about, I would drop it. 
So I think that was the early stages of my gift or tools for success in that when I finally learned how to apply that to something I liked, that would not only benefit me and others, that was finally worth it, if that makes sense. What was life like for you growing up? Uh, did you actually grow up in California as well? No. So I grew up in Ohio, Cleveland, a suburb just south of Cleveland. Um, I mean, a very normal upbringing, a decent school, youngest of four children, parents were together and then they were divorced and I was going back and forth between two houses. I didn't have, I didn't want for things, but I didn't really have extra things either. So basically when they taught me how to work hard, they taught me the tools I would need for success. And then I thrust myself into the working world as soon as I could, leaving home, coming out here to California and forcing myself to make it. Working as long, as hard, and as many jobs as I needed to do to establish my myself and my financial stability. What made you move to California in particular? Did you know anyone there? No, I had friends moving out here. They... Uh, they wanted to be in the music industry and I had always preferred the nicer weather. So I thought it was a win-win. I said, yeah, great. Worst case scenario, I have a place to fall back on. But if I don't do this, what else am I doing? And what were the tools of success your parents uh, instilled within you? I know hard work was something uh, you said. What other tools of success? So I guess the importance of planning and hard work were a combo because my parents had four children consistently in the school system for 30 years. So my dad would go to work at 11 p.m. and work till 7 a.m. And my mom would go to work at 7 or 8 a.m. and come back. So one of them was always home. And although that wasn't, I mean, probably not the best for them to be able to sit down and enjoy spending time together and things like that, they did what they had to do to raise up. They sacrificed the short term so that the long term would be great. And when you get taught that you need to work hard, you need to work smart, and you need to plan, there's nothing you can't achieve as long as you find the reason why, as long as you find the motivation. So it seems as though your parents or where you grew up, possibly middle class, you would. Yes, define? I would define it as f firmly like the exact middle. <laughs> OK, OK. So, all right. From a middle class man. Now, take this to outside of you so people are listening and they say wow i think i want to possibly do what david has done um how what are some step-by-step -step things they could begin doing say they want to uh, gain a couple investment properties they're middle class they don't have a lot of money where would they start 
That's a great question. So the first thing I always recommend is connecting with a real estate professional in your area, whether it's me or whether you're in Florida, you need a referral, you need somebody else. You have to you should connect with somebody whose job it is, is to achieve that thing every single day of their career for other people. So you're not starting from zero. You're starting with a qualified guide. The second thing I would say is most people, especially in the middle class, their first home is their primary occupant starter home. There are programs for people that don't exactly have the amount of savings that they would want that will cover most of their down payment and all of their closing costs. And so it's not a buy and get rich quick scheme. It's a you get in line, you take a couple classes, you wait your turn for a year or two until you qualify. And then you buy the first home, hopefully in your mid to late 20s. And then you wait a real estate cycle, five to 10 years, depending on how quickly the area you've invested in increases in value. And you can now use the equity in that first property to buy a second while keeping it. Or you can sell it and put all the money into your forever home, a larger investment that's going to be better for you. And basically what you do that way is by forming a plan with a professional long term, you can turn your first property into three properties over two decades. And then all you have to do is pay those off and you'll achieve a life that has a higher quality of life financial freedom and you'll be sitting on three homes full of equity that you can apply to anything uh, opportunities college funds investments challenges that you face in life that's now money that you're always sitting on top of always providing for you that doesn't have anything to do with any of your other investments or your social security or your discipline it's completely extra so connect with a uh professional real estate professional uh first thing uh the second thing you would do is actually buy the first home and then you would use after a real estate cycle five to ten years you can use equity within that home to purchase your second home and and you replicate that but when you buy your second home i guess you're putting a tenant there or what are you so doing? basically, there's a period, that's a great question. There's a period after, within the first 10 years of any time you own a property where you, the real estate cycle has increased the value of it. Given that you're looking in areas that are expanding, that you're looking at areas that are smart buys for the future, maybe up and coming areas, there will be a time where that first property at least breaks even, where you could put a tenant in it and it would pay for that property completely, plus putting money into your equity every month. And then at that point, it becomes a waiting game until you have enough money saved up from your career or your equity to buy the next property. Because now that one's taken care of. Somebody else is paying your mortgage. And then you move into the second one. And then 10 years from now, you have two properties you can leverage to move into a third one. And what that does is essentially 
when you pay off those three homes, they'll cover the costs of all three of the homes. They'll cover the maintenance of all three of the homes. And you'll have a passive income spending budget for the rest of your life, as long as those homes are occupied. Instead of having to worry about rent, worry about inflation, worry about the investments you've made in the stock market, being able to pay for your cost of living and your quality of life considering how much those increase every single year due to inflation. So you're saying that it's possible to, the equity will actually pay for the other home? Yes. So if you pay off one home and you live there, your cost of living will be reduced by 50%, if not 70%, depending on your down payment. If you pay off two homes, the second home will cover the costs, the remaining costs of the first home and most of your cost of living, if not all of your cost of living, which I, I call cost of living, your gas, your food, your utilities, all the things that you have in your current home. And then if you pay off a third home, it will cover any vacancies you have in the first rental. And when, all, when both other properties are rented out, it will provide a purely clean passive income. So say you're getting $3,000 from each home, it'll be $3,000 a month you'll pay taxes on. And then whatever's left, you'll be able to spend that on traveling, vacationing, doing whatever you want. Because your first two properties will cover the expenses of your life and all three properties by themselves. So all you have to do to have financial freedom is make sure you buy three properties in areas that's total income will equal what you would like to spend in your retirement monthly. So as long as you are in a really good area and it's going to appreciate over time, it doesn't matter, uh, I guess, the square footage. It's just the area no because even in los angeles in neighborhoods that we call up and coming or people might not want to live in because they're not as nice as what they're used to renting you could get easily six thousand dollars for a one million dollar property or three thousand dollars for a five hundred thousand dollar property per month for rent so if you paid off three five hundred thousand dollars over 20 to 30 years properties even if they don't increase in value another dollar which they will because of appreciation and because of the demand and lack of housing that we have you're at least sitting on 1.5 million in equity that you can leverage the first two properties are paying off every your entire cost of living food utilities all that plus the maintenance of all three properties so now you've got $3,000 a month, and then that's if rents don't increase another dollar for the next 30 years, but they absolutely will. They'll increase with inflation. So now you have an income of $36,000 a year after all of your bills that you can spend on traveling. You can save up and go on lavish trips. You could gift to other family members if you want that. You can do anything with that money that you want. And that doesn't include your social security, your 401k, your company match, or any other income that you're going to receive. 
So equity and leverage is are two words, terms that pop up in my head. Yes. So equity is the money in your home that you've paid in. If you've paid your home off, it's a hundred percent equity. If your home is worth five hundred thousand dollars this year and five hundred and fifty next year due to appreciation, because you've paid off your home, that extra fifty thousand dollars is in it. And leverage what i mean by leverage is if you have three properties that are paid off you could leverage 25 percent of the equity in one buy a fourth property or you could take 25 percent of the equity out of it and pay for somebody's college or you could take it out and put start a business with it or use it as an investment with the rule being you don't take the equity out unless whatever you're investing it in is going to make you more money than it costs you to take the money out and you can shift from property to property. So every 10 years, you can take equity out of another property while the other two pay themselves off. And then by the time you get to six properties, every year, every five years, you can take equity out of a property and all of the other properties will have paid themselves off. So just by, before we get ahead of ourselves, just by you buying two to three properties in your lifetime, your kids will have to work half as hard to double that. And their kids won't even have to work half as hard as that to double that. And you're basically starting the wheel on a wealth, on multi-generational wealth that your family will never want for anything again because you started the wheel, because you did the hard work and started the investment wheel and achieved a higher level of financial education for your family. Yeah. And passing down that information, of course, so that who it gets passed down to, they don't sell because it's important to keep. Absolutely. Never sell unless it's all the money is needed to go into a property that is a better fit for your goals. Keep it. There's no reason to sell unless that's the one situation that you're in. So who taught you this information? Who gave you this information or who was your, or who is your mentor? So I, when I first got into real estate, I didn't care which brokerage I worked for. I chose the brokerage that had an agent a professional there that was achieving the level of success I wanted to achieve for my family's goals. And so from him, I learned how to leverage your properties, how to analyze them, how to do everything that you're going to need to do. And I apply that to my clients' needs every day, considering I never would have learned if I didn't connect with him. And I believe that most families only have the financial education of their parents. The top 15 or 10% of income earners in the country might have a higher level of education, have an understanding of why they need to have real estate and other investments. All of this stuff might be common sense to them. And I work with those people as well. But the 80 to 85% that really need this information there's no guarantee that they were taught this ever. Not in school, not by their parents, not in college, nowhere. 
Yeah, the information is missing uh, in places that it definitely should be. Um, so do you think um, it could be valuable to explore outside of your state possibly if um, there's something that comes up? Because I know um, something happened in Michigan several years ago with, I think it was Michigan with houses they they were really cheap. I don't I don't know if it was the something about a water thing that caused that to happen, but I knew houses were really cheap and people were, you know, like buying those houses, uh, looking for opportunities in the future. So that's a that's a particular, very specific micro market thing. Like if you looked at Detroit, you'd probably see some very affordable homes. However, the goal isn't to just buy anything. It's to buy things with the highest chance of success possible. So if you looked at over the last few years, even if you had looked at certain parts of Florida, Atlanta, Austin, yeah. Seattle, Vegas, if you had looked at these places that were within shooting distance of very expensive places and looked at the amount of commercial and transportation development going on in those areas you could say well i maybe i don't want to live there but those are the two biggest driving factors in appreciation and price improvement mm -hmm. so it would be good for me to have at least one thing there even if i live there short term and then i move out and put a tenant in and then i go live where i want to live but if you take a look and you analyze okay this is the least expensive thing in the area that I want to be in. There's a lot of development coming to this area. And you look at all the other factors that affect a property's value over time. You can make an educated guess on what properties will be the best option. And that's largely what your professional is there for. Mm. It just wow. buying property anywhere is a gamble. It's just like, I have, yeah, have a property here, have a property there. You're, you're gambling. Long term, it's probably going to be a good investment. But short term, you'll have no idea what's going on. Sure. Great, great uh, insight. So who is one of the most influential persons in your life? One of the most, I mean, I'm going to sound weird saying it, but my wife. <laughs> like... I look, my wife's one of the most influential people to me because she has such a crazy amount of self-worth that she doesn't let people take advantage of her. She doesn't take, she doesn't accept things as they are. She takes steps to get things exactly the way she wants them to be. And if it's not a good situation, she leaves. And I, every year I find that to be a more valuable trait because there's so many people that will stay locked into a bad situation or wasting time with people that they just shouldn't have surrounded themselves with because they don't want the confrontation or the drama of separating themselves from a bad situation. And what that does is it wastes your most important resource. It wastes your time. And 
even more so it wastes the time you could be spending with the people that actually deserve your time. Where can people find you on social media? So they can find me at Depong Real Estate LA. So that's the at symbol D I P P O N G R E A L E S T A T E. And then the letters L A on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, and Facebook. Or they can just find me at my website. It's got my blog and all of my information www.depongrealestate.com. So anytime people want a conversation on how they could better their lives with real estate, even if they're not in my area, I welcome it. I want to help them. And at the very least, I can refer them to somebody in their area that will point them to the best possible decisions. What is your one to grow on? What valuable piece of information would you like to leave the audience with? So I'd like to leave them with the thought that their most important resource is time. It almost doesn't matter what they do as long as they take the steps to improve their life as soon as possible. When you're in your 20s, how you choose to spend your time might not seem that important, but the problem somebody faces in their 50s can easily be avoided if you start taking steps to avoid them in your 20s. If investing and spending your time has an exponential return. So whenever you're thinking about the goals you want or you want to start making a better life for your family or you want to make change in your life, think about how you're choosing to spend your time. Take a look at your schedule and really get honest with yourself and accountable with yourself and say, hey, I'm wasting all of this time. How can I use that better? Thank you for listening to The New Mind Creator Podcast with your host, Maurice, The New Mind Creator. This podcast has been sponsored by Abundant Sports and True Serum. Head over to www.mauriceflornoy.com to receive more motivation and insight to help create your new mind.